0: Attention Idaho and California residents. If you're shopping for a mortgage, contact PacFi, a mortgage brokerage with the top wholesale lenders in the nation. They are committed to simplifying the mortgage process, saving you time and money. Call 858-442-7048 or visit pacfi.com. NMLS number 1462943, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome back to the Alcohol Tipping Point podcast. I'm your host, Debbie Mazener, registered nurse, uh, mom, I don't know why I had to think about that, and alcohol-free badass. And today I have uh, this naked mind certified coach, Tessie Hickey, who is joining us for her first podcast. So I am so glad you're here, Tessie. Thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here chatting with you today.
0: Well, tell us uh, who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm Tessie. I'm from New Brunswick, Canada, and I have just pretty recently been certified as a... um, a coach with This Naked Mind. I'm also a a teacher. I'm supply teaching this year because I really want to focus on my coaching. And so what I do uh, in coaching is I help women. I work with women who want to change their relationship with alcohol. I use uh, This Naked Mind's methods and I also have access to their uh, resources, which is amazing. And my focus when I work with people is on mindset. I think when we want to make a change like this, the number one way for success is to really work on our mindset. So that's kind of my area of focus when it comes to working with people
0: and alcohol. hundred percent. Mindset is so key. Well, what was your experience with alcohol?
1: Yeah, so I started drinking Uh, when I was about 15 and it wasn't like I know some people end up they start drinking as teens and it's just like all in but for me it was occasional parties I was drinking to fit in I was I found that I felt a lot more comfortable around my peers when I was drinking I wasn't you know so hyper or anxious I was able to to fit into parties and I felt like a little bit cool and rebellious when I was doing it although it was fairly socially acceptable where I live like It was like a lot of our parents and adults around us kind of expected us to drink at some point when we were teenagers. And then when I moved into my university years, it stayed kind of similar. I maybe partied more often, like more weekends I was going out and drinking than I was when I was in high school. And then somewhere in my kind of young adult time, I'd say around 24, 25 I slowly started to shift from partying into drinking more regularly. So where I was, for a while, I would say 25 to 30, I was still partying, but I was also starting to drink in the evening to relax. I was drinking wine with dinner, and eventually that became a daily thing. And over that's when I really started to not feel so great about my drinking and start to have a lot of questions about it. Um, And then I got into a relationship with someone who is not a drinker. Uh, He drank very, very rarely, like a true example of someone who takes it or leaves it. Um, And that really opened my eyes on, like, how I was drinking. Wasn't normal, wasn't healthy, wasn't safe for me. So through the process of that, I decided to take a break from drinking. Uh, When I took that break... that's when I came across the Snake in Mind. So I started to get into Quitlet and all of these things. I took a break for six months. And then I went back to drinking. I was moderating or what I now call controlling my drinking. I wasn't really a true take it or leave it person, but I could go out and have one or two drinks on a Friday or Saturday. I did that for about a year. And then I realized it just truly wasn't worth it. It wasn't adding anything to my life. Uh, so, so then I decided to quit for good. And, uh, since then I've done my master's, I've done my coaching certification. So I really don't look back now that I've decided to take that, you know, totally out of my life.
0: That's so great. And so how long have you been alcohol free?
1: I will be coming up in two years this January.
0: Oh, me too. January 1st, 2020.
1: I didn't do the New Year's resolution, so I was in London um, for the Christmas holiday, at London, UK, and I decided that I was gonna—I was drinking at the time, so I got back around at the fifth or the sixth, and that would be my date because it was like the end of the holiday, and I was just like, "You know what? That's it. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm done." It really didn't add anything to my holiday made things worse, if anything. So I didn't have the New Year's resolution. I had a just a few days later resolution.
0: Yeah, well, close enough. And and fantastic. So so since stopping drinking, how else has your life changed?
1: I I mean, I've become so much more productive. I have way more energy. I still have lots of downtime. But like I mentioned, I, I took my master's in education. So I did that and then I did this coaching certification. I have gotten a lot more involved in yoga. I find my my general health and wellness and fitness have has increased without adding any more effort. Like when I was drinking, I would I would work out a lot, uh, but I was still gaining weight. I was still looking crappy. I was still not feeling great. Uh, so I find that just my overall health and well being has improved so much. I have gotten a dog, which I don't think I would have been able to take care of well uh, when I was drinking. So I have him now and I feel really good about being able to take care of him. Um, Yeah, I just every day is better. You know, it doesn't mean there's not hard stuff, you know, sad things still happen. My relationship ended. That was really hard. But going through all of those things without drinking was still better. I feel like I'm just so much more capable of handling everything that life like comes to me in my life.
0: I, I'm I mean you're totally right. There's still going to be some lows, but the highs are so much higher and and we can handle the lows better too.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like one of the things I've been learning a lot about especially since I've started this coaching program is my emotional wellness. And I'm really learning how to accept my emotions that I have, because what's one thing we do when we drink a lot of alcohol, right? Even if that's not our intention, we end up numbing our emotions and we don't process them. So that's one of the things I've been really interested in personally with quitting drinking is uh, noticing that I'm way more open to experiencing my emotions and I'm actually processing them in a way that gets me through them and gets me through the hard stuff like a breakup.
0: Yeah, that's so great. And so great that you're you're helping back, helping back or giving back. <laughs> you know what I mean, becoming a coach yes. and helping other people.
1: Well, yeah, I just Oh, go ahead.
0: No, you go.
1: I was going to say like I I'm already in a serving service career like with teaching, but I'm I'm finding that I for a few years I was looking to switch careers and do something a little more independent. And it wasn't until I quit drinking that I really came into life coaching and understood what it was. And I thought, what a wonderful way to continue a career that is working with people, that is serving people, but it can provide me a lot more independence and a lot more control and flexibility in in what my
0: workday looks like. Absolutely. So this episode is coming out right before Thanksgiving for people who live in America Um, and it's the end of November and we're getting into the holiday season, Christmas, Hanukkah, all the different holidays. What would you say are your top tips for anyone around the holidays?
1: Yeah, the holidays can be especially challenging, especially if you're new to uh, taking a break from alcohol or new to sobriety. There's a lot of emotions and things that can come up, and there's a lot of things to consider, especially when we're going to events. So I don't know um, if you know, uh, Thanksgiving in, in America is similar for us, but it tends to be more like family gatherings and dinners rather than, you know, we're moving into Christmas soon where we're going to have the big holiday parties and that to, to manage. But one of the first things I always recommend on any event, it doesn't matter whether it's a holiday event or a work event, is to make a plan, especially in the beginning. So making a plan helps our, our brains to... Um, to not drink, right? So especially if you're early in sobriety, you might be worried about, uh, if what if I get there and I if I want to have a drink? So when you make a solid plan, it actually, like our human brains really like to have plans. So when you plan ahead, you're setting yourself up for success and you're going to be more comfortable at your event. So when you make a plan, uh, it's good to think about what you will drink. If you're going to a private house, you know, you can, of course, bring your own uh thing that you'd like to drink. If you're going to a restaurant, it's a great idea. Most places have their menus available online. So it's a really great idea to look ahead and see what the options are. Most places have um, now some alcohol-free options, but then you always have the option of asking for a virgin drink if they don't have a specific alcohol-free menu. But looking ahead really will help you feel more comfortable going into to the event. Uh, another thing to include in your plan is what you're going to tell people, especially if you are going somewhere where people know you and are used to you being a regular drinker. It's a good idea to have something in mind on on what you're going to say. And it can be really simple. It feels complicated. It feels worse than it is. But something like, oh, I'm not taking, not drinking today. Um, I'm taking a break. Uh, if you're on medication, I'm taking some medications. I can't drink or Simply, I, I'm not drinking, I'm driving tonight. Like, you can keep it as simple as that. Uh, and I think that goes a long way. The key on having um, what you're going to tell people is to make it logical for them. People know that people don't drink when they're on medicine. People know people don't drink when they drive. And it's fairly common now to take a break from alcohol for health reasons. So having that uh, really goes a long way. And also consider how you're going to arrive and when you're going to leave. Like, what's your exit plan going to be? Another tip that I like is is to tell people ahead if you have the opportunity, especially if you're going to a family gathering. You can tell the host or tell one friend or if it's people who are close to you. If you tell people ahead of time that's going to minimize any questions or uncomfortableness uh, that might come up at your dinner or your event. And it relieves the the pressure from not having to talk about it so much because people will have a chance to ask you any questions ahead of time. Um, another one is if it's a, at a house, bring something you love to drink and bring more than enough. You never know. Someone might uh, see that you have this beautiful alcohol-free drink and they want to try it too. So, uh, that's definitely something to have in mind if you're going to a, a private event or someone's house. Um, have an exit strategy. I mentioned that in the plan, but think about at what point of the night you're gonna is going to be your cue to leave. Like for example, when you're sober and you're around people who are a little bit drunk, that's usually fine. But as the night goes on, if you're around heavy drinkers, it can start to get really uncomfortable. So it's good to have an exit strategy. How are you going to leave? When are you going to leave? Think about what, you know, kind of your cue is. And there's nothing wrong with leaving early. Don't be afraid to do that. You don't need to stick around and and ruin uh, the fun for yourself. And then I love if you're, especially if you're new, go into it as an experiment. Go in with... Uh, the intention of observing both yourself. So how does this feel for me? Is it what I expected? Um, Maybe it's more comfortable than you expected. Usually it is. Uh, And also observe the people around you. It's a really good chance to help give yourself information of whether being alcohol-free is what you want to do or not want to do. You can notice when how many drinks people start to maybe slur their words or when their eyes get glossy. And it's a chance to really observe whether alcohol is actually fun or not. Uh, one thing I noticed the more I observe people who are drinking is that it's just not really fun. If I look at what their faces are and their processing, like it just no longer looks like a fun thing for me to do.
0: Oh, yeah, I I find it oh, yeah. so reinforcing to watch drunk people. I, I used to think I'm like a big fan of Real Housewives. Well, mainly New York. But anyway, my husband's like, how can you watch this? All they do is drink. And I'm like, it really reminds me of why I don't drink. Um, because you're right. Like, People do to, I mean, I feel bad that we're like using this as a tool to not drink, but I mean, they do, you, people start to repeat the same story, slur their words, have purple mouth, you know, it's just like, oh, you know, I'm, I guess I'm glad that's not me.
1: 100%. And I, I mean, I can see where you say you feel a little bad using it, but it's their choice, right? Like you're not creating that circumstance for them they're choosing to do that you just get to kind of use it for yourself to reinforce you, the decisions that we make for ourselves that are way healthier and to really like reaffirm for us that alcohol just doesn't do the things that we thought it did when we when we were drinking um yeah i have one more big tip which is to anticipate having fun so i like this one because when before an event, often we spend a lot of time worrying about it. But the thing is, that worry and fury, that's just in our minds, right? So we can create anxiety for no reason. Because I would say 99% of the time, now this isn't uh, uh, scientific uh, fa- uh, data or anything, but like, you know, 99% of the time we get to an event and it's way better than we thought. So instead of like creating pain for yourself before you get to the event, you can just turn that anxiety into anticipation you can decide to think about the fun you're going to have at this event whether other people are drinking or not and regardless of whether you actually have fun at least you had a chance to enjoy the lead up to the event right
0: yeah those are great so you you had make a plan have a go-to statement have an exit strategy tell people ahead of time Go into it as an experiment, like an observational experiment, and anticipate the fun.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And I would add to uh, some of the strategies for having an alcohol-free holiday. Um, You can also, I mean, besides leaving early, I like to call leaving early an Irish exit. Have you heard of that? (laughs) Where you just leave? (laughs) I used to do that. I used to do that that. when I was... I was bad.
1: So this is kind of bad. I was living internationally, so I was teaching internationally. And I would do this in, like, Beijing, China. I would just, like, leave. And, you know, looking back, that I'm lucky that nothing ever came of that. Like, I never really had any bad experiences or gotten to, you know, trouble uh, doing that. But I was in, like, major international cities just leaving. Just
0: Yeah, for those that don't know what an Irish exit is, the way I know of it is you're at a party and you just leave. You don't say goodbye to anybody. You just kind of ghost. <laughs> yeah, Especially when I was, you know, a heavy drinker, I would go in the bathroom and be like, uh, this isn't good. And I would just be like, I got to get out of here. But you can also do it when you're sober. Uh, but what I was going to say about that is you can you don't even have to like leave. You can excuse yourself, go to the restroom, text a friend, do a little meditation, you know, just take a moment for yourself away from the, like if you're at the actual party or take a walk around the block or just do some kind of break in between is something that I would add. Um, and I love your, you anticipate the fun. So just asking yourself like, how can I have fun at Thanksgiving without drinking? How can I make this more enjoyable? Um, How can I celebrate without alcohol? Just really like challenging yourself to have fun and get your mindset that way. And then,
1: yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just thinking as you're saying that too, another great thing to do, like because I, I, I know Thanksgiving, often you guys travel, right? You'll go spend yeah. it in a different state and you're there for the whole weekend. yeah So I think you don't necessarily have, uh like, you can't just leave and go home. So I think it's good to have in mind, like, some quiet time, like, You bring a book that you want to read or that if you're at your parents or whatever, that maybe you're going to go to bed early if you if you want to like to have some things in mind to do. If you're in a place that you you can't just leave. Right. Because if you're at your parents for the long weekend, you're there the whole time. So think of some other ways where you can find some some quiet time or get some space when you need it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, use that weekend to, like, prioritize your self-care, to maybe even be a tourist in your hometown and do all the stuff you normally wouldn't have done because you were drinking or hungover. Get up early in the morning, meet some old friends for a walk or coffee in the morning, just things that are um, planned out and, and enjoyable.
1: Yeah, and things that you might not have done if you were hungover or drinking oh, the night exactly. before. Yeah, yeah, and um, kids too. Like if if mm. your family has, if you have nieces and nephews or your own kids, um, spend time doing activities with them too. Right, um, baking or taking them out to the local zoo or whatever it is is another great way to spend time with family that doesn't involve drinking or people who are wanting to be to drink.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, when you I was going to add when you're actually at your dinner or your party or whatever, focus on the food. Like make sure you are eating. Eating is always like one of my number one tips um because I mean we're not drinking we're saving a lot of calories like now's the time to like indulge in the dessert table or the hors d'oeuvre table you know and plus having your stomach full of food that really helps cut down on cravings I love Absolutely. to eat
1: I, I love food too <laughs> I love to eat too and you know one great thing is and and I don't overly worry about like what I eat and how I eat I generally pretty nutritious foods, so I don't really worry about it. So on a Thanksgiving holiday, like I eat what I want. It's amazing. And, and it's so much less repercussion than drinking what you want, right. Than consuming alcohol, uh, and sugar, right. Especially if you're, if you're new to this, um, you're going to have likely have a ton of sugar cravings. I did not eat sweets before when I was drinking, like I was grossed out. i rarely had dessert but now and when I first quit drinking like I couldn't get enough so like if you're in that situation like just go for it indulge in all those Thanksgiving treats on the weekend and feels like good about the fact that you're not drinking.
0: Yeah same I I was kind of proud like I don't have a sweet tooth I would tell people <laughs> but it turns out I did I was just fulfilling it with wine and beer um and so yeah I've developed quite the sweet tooth since stopping drinking but I'm okay with it I'm totally yeah, I'm okay and I enjoy it like I'm look forward to having something delicious
1: yeah I agree totally with that and for me like it slowed down like I still yeah. have a sweet tooth compared to what you know, not having one at all. But like, if, like I said, totally knew the first like month or two was like a beast. But now that I've almost two years in, I still eat sweets once in a while and I still uh, look forward to it, but it's much more moderate. Like it's really become a normal part of my life rather than just trying to eat everything in sight.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. <sighs> ah, well, those are great tips for around the holidays. What, what would you say if someone's just like starting out and thinking about their drinking, what would, what advice do you have for that person?
1: Yeah, I would think the first thing I would say is start getting, uh, connected with people who are doing the same thing. Uh, immerse yourself in there's like, I mean, it depends on what kind of spaces you like to be in. But, you know, online there are so many communities of people who are questioning their drinking. Of course, I'm a big adv- advocate of this naked mind because I love how they approach everything. They have some free communities. Um, you can also join a program if you're if you're ready or if you're really questioning, you could always look at getting hiring a coach. Um a lot of coaches work with people from different very different levels. So if you're just newly so, sober curious, there's coaches who will work in that area. If you are 100% sure you want to quit, there's coaches for that. If you maybe want to moderate, there's people who who will do that. So if that's something that's in your budget, you know, I think now that I'm immersed in that world, I wish I would have done it before right it's just like fast tracks you um and it gives you such a sense of connection and accountability if you want accountability um and then if you're a reader dive into the books there are amazing books out there uh for uh, written by people who have quit drinking um some of my favorites of course is naked mind but also quit like a woman by holly whitaker was one of my first ones i read Mm. There was Unexpected Joy of uh, Being Sober by Catherine Gray. I love that one. I have We Are the Luckiest by Laura McCount. I haven't read it yet. It wasn't <laughs> one that I came across, so I, I'm looking forward to reading that one at some point. Um, there's Alcohol Explained by uh, William Porter. There are so many books out there. Or if you're not a reader, a lot of those books have audio versions, but also podcast like, there, like this one, There's so many podcasts dedicated to helping people learn about alcohol and what it's like to quit drinking and different paths. Uh, another one of my favorite I love, uh, if you're really into science, is uh, the Sober Powered podcast. I really enjoy that one. So there's just tons and tons and tons of information out there of people who were in the same place you are and who want to or who are questioning whether they want to still be drinking or not.
0: Yeah, I think I think that connection and knowing that you're not alone is so helpful. And, and being with people that are going through the same thing, like you said, there are a lot of Facebook groups. There's a lot of uh, sober accounts on Instagram you can just follow. Um, it's just, I, I found that very helpful because I for me, I felt very alone. I just felt like I, AA wasn't for me, inpatient rehab wasn't for me. And I just was like, uh, what else? It seems like everyone else can quit drinking or handle their drinking. What's wrong with me? And just knowing that we're not alone.
1: Exactly. And I was lucky, like I was living in Qatar, At the time, actually, because I'd mentioned I had been uh, living, teaching internationally. And that was really fascinating to me, actually, because I was living in a place where alcohol wasn't the center of the local culture. So that was really different. Although, like, I was living with like, my friends and that were in the international community, and the international communities do tend to be heavy drinkers or rely a lot on drinking for social events. All around me, like, and a lot of my colleagues got a lot of Arab colleagues who were from different countries who were mostly Muslim, so they're non drinkers. They all loved their life. They were having a great time. Like, there's so much stuff that they did, and there were so many celebrations that I got to go to, and like, Ramadan events were amazing, and none of them involved alcohol. So, we have these whole cultures of people around the world who, who's entire culture and social lives don't revolve around alcohol. So that was really eye-opening for me too.
0: Yeah. I I have a friend that was in the Peace Corps in Africa in a, a Muslim country. And and same for her. She was like, I, she would get together with her Peace Corps buddies and they would drink, but she's like, I think I would maybe have even been a bit ostracized if I had been drinking. Cause in their culture and, in being Muslim, like they don't drink. And for her also, it was like, they celebrated, you know, they celebrated without alcohol. They mourned without alcohol when someone died. Like they did everything without alcohol and had the full experience. So such a good reminder.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's really easy to forget that when we're in our, you know, North American mm-hmm. or you know Australia and whatever Western societies that do tend to rely on alcohol for all of our events, right? So I I just love that experience for me, and and that helped me feel less alone too. So seeing that and knowing that there's just people everywhere in the world, probably more people than not, if you really look at the worldwide population, who who just don't drink and still have an awesome time in their lives. Yeah. Oh, good point.
0: Well, what are your plans for the future? Oh wow,
1: I am. So right now, I am working on building my coaching business. So that is my big focus right now. Um, I would like to actually another like goal of mine because one thing I, I find that quitting drinking does is it allows me to like have bigger goals. So I'd love to do a yoga teacher training in the next couple of years. That's a big one um I've gotten really um involved in yoga I found it was really helpful to me uh in terms of being and staying alcohol free because for the most part other than like you know you see those occasional like yoga and wine which I find really uncomfortable that that exists but um for the most part yoga is a really good complement to not drinking because it really helps you be mindful both of your body and of yourself. And so that's something I'd like to do in the future. Um, and I'd like to, I can't wait to travel again. Mm -hmm. I have been back in Canada. Yeah. Uh, since. So like, I'm, I'm waiting for it to be a little easier. I have a really good friend in Egypt. I'm starting to play around with the idea of going to visit, but I don't know that I want to spend, you know, 20 hours traveling with masks on and
0: all that. So I'm kind of, yeah. <laughs> I'm playing around
1: with the idea.
0: That's great. Well, how can someone find you?
1: Oh, so you can find me, um, uh, my website, my coaching website is tessie uh, and I think we're going to put that in the show notes yes. so you'll be able to go and check there. On Instagram, you can find me at underscore and underscore a F. So that's my Instagram and I'm pretty active on there. I really love to see people. Um, and, uh, if you're on Instagram and you want to find me, like, don't be shy. Give me a DM. I'm there for, for you. Uh, and so those are the two main, and if you want to send me an email, uh, my email is Tessie and coaching at gmail.com. So that's the same as my website address, just at, uh, gmail.com. And those would be the best ways to, to find me or to get in touch.
0: That's great. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and having your first podcast episode. Very, very helpful tools. And I always love to hear stories and thank you for sharing yours.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was really a great experience. And, yeah. I'm, I'm super happy to be here and share and, and meet
0: you and meet all of your, your listeners who are out there. So thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you, listeners. Hi, hey, everybody. Drop a line if you have any questions. Deb at com, And I will put Tessie's information in the show notes. Have a wonderful day. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Alcohol Tipping Point. I'm always here for you guys, so please feel free to reach out and talk to me on Instagram at alcoholtippingpoint and check out my website, alcoholtippingpoint.com. Again, I hope you can use these tips we talked about for the rest of your week. And until then, see you next time.